Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. My heart is heavy today. I have the burden of the word of the Lord, like Jeremiah the prophet, and uh, I must unleash that burden and surrender it to those that God wants to speak through it today. Amen. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. Again, thank you so much for letting the Lord have his way in you today. I know that God's already done a great work. Amen. If you want to get the Holy Ghost right now, you just go ahead and do it. That'll be perfectly in order. I'm obeying the Lord right now. You see, God doesn't want to leave anybody out. Amen. You understand that? God wants to speak a word to somebody. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 7, it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. And so I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I mean, you know, sin is deceitful today. Praise God. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, God is crying to somebody today, listen to him. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Uh, This is not... Uh, a message that I wanted to preach. I'd rather preach another one. In fact, I was uh, going one of two or two different directions, and I wanted to go the other one, but God said, go this one. So that's what we're going to do and obey the Lord today. Amen. Well, let's pray one more time. This might be the last time someone is afforded the opportunity to make the right choice today. As far as eternity is concerned, let's pray that they would make it correctly. Lord, you know exactly who you brought here and what you want to do in their life. We just pray, will of God be done as they listen. Lord, let not the enemy or anything else, let not the flesh, let not the world, let not circumstances past, present or future, dissuade or in any way hinder every person in this building from hearing your voice speak clearly exactly what you want them to hear. Let nothing shade or deviate their ability to understand completely what you're saying to them, that they might respond and choose to go the direction and route you want them to go today in their life and follow you with all their heart. I ask your will be done in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. You may be seated. 
Steele Smith was a very ordinary boy. He looked like other boys his age. And uh, as you all know, looks can be deceiving. He had a body that was at war with itself. Within his six-year-old frame lurked a whole host of diseases, five of which anyone would end in death. Of greatest concern, though, to his large team of doctors was a medical enigma. Very, very rare occasion. Steele's heart was turning to stone. The first mention of Steele's predicament was in 1998 in an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel entitled, The Mystery of the Hardening Heart. And that's the title of my remarks today, The Mystery of a Hard Heart. When Steele was one year of age, doctors found a large piece of calcium in the right ventricle of his heart. The hardening had already begun at that young age. By the age of four, calcium had nearly encased his entire heart. His tender heart was quickly becoming stone. The doctors at the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin searched the medical textbooks for anything remotely similar to Steele's case. And rather than presenting the symptoms of a single disease, the calcification of his heart was the result of numerous disease systems, several diseases that had struck his body. During the Christmas season of the year 2000, Steele passed away three days beyond his sixth birthday. Steele's parents, Mike and Jill, were understand understandably very devastated, yet somehow grateful. They were grateful that the Make-A-Wish Foundation had paid for a family trip to Disneyland, grateful that their son never complained. He would always say, I'm fine grateful that they got to video his smile at his sixth birthday party. But Christmas that year without him was going to be tough. Beneath the tree were gifts that he had hand-wrapped to each of the family members. And uh, just before their son passed, Steele's mom and dad sat down and had a talk with him. And they said, now when it's time to go, you just go on and don't be afraid. You'll see Jesus. Run to him. And uh, we'll be along in time. I, I guess, my guess is, Steele Smith is the only person that I have ever heard about who ever lived that could make it to heaven with a hard heart. Three times. Three times. Listen to me. Three times the writer of this book that I read from, the book of Hebrews, says it. Hebrews 3 and 8, I read it. Put it up again. Harden not your heart, as in the provocation. Uh, later on, verse 15, I read that too. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. The next chapter, chapter 4 and verse 7, again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, today after a, so long a time, as it is said, today if you will hear his voice, today, somebody here, harden not your heart. What is this thing called the heart? Well, God's Word has a different view of man's view of the heart, the one that uh, you find learning about in the typical medical school with the, 
the physical organ that pumps blood throughout the body into the extremities thereof. But the Bible calls the heart and describes the heart as the wellspring of life itself. First Peter said, with the heart a person loves. The psalmist said, with the same heart a person can hate. The writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, the wise man, said, joy can flood a person's heart. But in John, we find that same heart can be overwhelmed with sorrow. A heart can grow bitter, Ezekiel said. But Paul said in Colossians, a heart can grow peaceful. The prophet Amos said the heart can know terrifying fear. But God says in Genesis, that same heart can find bracing courage. There's a lot of things that can happen in our heart. But unlike the concept of the physical heart, the Bible presents the heart with the qualities of the mind. The heart ponders, it, it perceives, it believes, it knows, it imagines. Our heart makes decisions. The heart of man is simply man himself. It's the real you. It's the real me. It is the person behind the persona. It's the charisma behind the uh, character. It's the face behind the facade. It's the value behind the validation, the heart of all of these things. But it is something much more than that is so very important. The heart can be soft and warm towards God, or it can be brittle and cold. And this is and always has been the mystery of the heart. How, just how does the heart get that way? How does a person's heart grow hard like rock, like stone? And I believe the answer is found in the letter that was written to the Hebrews. And I read just a few verses of it. And within this book, it, it says that Jesus is very clearly and plainly introduced to us as the answer to every problem in our life. Compared to the world's quick fixes, the Bible lets us know that Jesus is our answer. The writer of Hebrews preaches Jesus. He preaches Jesus to be the better priest. He preaches Jesus uh, to be the better sacrifice. He talks about Jesus being the better altar, the better tabernacle. Jesus Christ is simply the better one. Oh, yes, he is. If you let him be. The writer of Hebrews pinpoints the mystery of a hard Heart, But under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he quotes from the Psalm uh, number 95. He says it several times, repeating God's words. Verse 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. How many know today you do not belong to yourself? That's why God says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work. 
because of their hard heart. Forty years long I was grieved with this generation and said, It is people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear because of that, in my anger, my wrath, they should not enter into my rest. What a dire warning. What a, what a, what a convincing, it ought to be convincing, flag-waving in front of our spiritual eyes to take note of what God says here. I want you to notice four things about what God does say here. First of all, the audience is Israel. God is telling his people, I remember what you did. I still remember when you were in the wilderness wandering. You were without water. You came to a place called Meribah, which... It was called that because it was a place of bitterness or embitterment because, first of all, there was bitter water there, and then the people became bitter because they'd forgotten the great miracles that God had done for them just in the recent days and began to complain and moan and groan and complain and grumble against God. My friend, don't ever go down that road. But that's the result of a hard heart, isn't it? And so... God wants our hearts to be tender towards him. David had a heart that was after God's own heart. He had an obedient heart. A tender heart is one that's obedient towards God. God said, or David said, God is my shepherd, and, and, and he's going to take care of me. And because of that, I shall not want for anything. And David observed the way the sheep that uh, uh, were treated by the shepherds of the day, and he himself became one. And David wanted to be one of those sheep that belonged to God, that followed its shepherd everywhere. That's why he said, he leads me. If you let anything or anybody else lead you, you're going to go down the wrong path. Jesus himself called the son of David, said, my sheep will listen to me. They will hear my voice. That is a tender heart, my friend, a heart that listens and is obedient toward his or her shepherd. At the dedication of the temple, another son of David, Solomon, said to the people of Israel, 1 Kings 8 and 61, let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at this day. A perfect heart is an obedient heart. It's one that follows. Could I tell somebody here today, delayed obedience is really disobedience? Delayed obedience. When you delay obeying God, that's not obedience. If you say, I'm going to do it someday, one day I'm going to make that choice that I know I need to make. Someday I'm going to change in this way that I know I need to change, that God wants me to change. But that's actually disobedience, my friend. The only kind of obedience really that there is is instant obedience. And I don't know about you. I prayed many years ago, God, I want to have a heart like David. I want my heart to be after your heart, God. And I really don't know. When I prayed that prayer the first time, I didn't know really what that meant. And I still don't know a whole lot about what it means. But I know I want it. My heart wants to be like his heart. Hallelujah. I believe we should all strive to have an obedient heart. 
You remember when the, the, the Shulamite woman in the book of the Song of Solomon cried out, the son of David knocked on her door, and she said in the Song of Solomon, I, I, I sleep, but my heart is awake. I don't know where you are today or where your journey in life has taken you. You may be physically weary this afternoon. If you are, still be certain that your heart is in tune to God's voice. If you're going through a storm today, listen for the still, small voice of the Savior. Hallelujah. He still walks on water today. Like blind Bartimaeus, you might be walking only by faith, but you keep on listening, my friend. You may be walking through a trial. Oh, God, let our heart be listening for you, Jesus that's what God wants. He wants a pliable, tender, obedient heart towards him. But the sad fact of the matter, ladies and gentlemen, is we can, we can harden our heart. And it's not age or physical circumstances that harden our heart toward God. It's, it's really not, though the devil has tried to convince you it is, it's really not the slings and the arrows of life that are thrown against you. It's not the disappointments, it's not the sorrows, or even just the ebb and flow of life that harden your heart. The devil's try to convince you they are. That's, that's your excuse, but no, 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 sir, no, ma'am. It's not any or all of these. It's like the old comic strip from many years ago, Pogo said, some of you won't even remember him, but listen to what he said. We have met the enemy, and they are us. We are the ones. I am the one who alone is responsible if I allow my heart to grow hard. The story of God bringing his people out of Egypt, you'll find in the Bible, where God hardened Pharaoh's heart seven times. But if you'll read the entire story carefully, you'll see that Pharaoh hardened his own heart seven times. More times than not, we are the ones who harden our own hearts. And sad as that may be, the devil gives us all kind of excuses to do it while God stands there patiently and lovingly watching while we do it. Remember, he, the writer of Hebrews wasn't talking to, when he wrote about this subject, to some heathen people or a bunch of pagans. He was describing people who had been delivered from Egyptian bondage. He was talking about people uh, who had walked across the dry ground of a Red Sea as a miracle-working, uh, way-making God led them out of Egypt, skipping through the waters and eating angels' food every day of their remarkable journey while God brought them mighty uh, deliverance. He spoke of people who felt the coolness of the night, but the heat from that cloud of a God who created the universe, watching over them, leading them, and guiding them. He, he was talking about people who on more than one occasion had seen the cloud that God uh, appeared in on a mountain and in the tabernacle. And yet these people, with all of the witness of God working in their lives, hardened their hearts. 
And what the writer of this book really is saying to us is watch out. You and I are no different. Each of us has got to be careful because our hearts can begin to harden. Well, tell me, preacher, how does it happen? Our hearts grow hard. It's real simple. Our hearts grow hard when we forget God's goodness, when we forget God's grace, when we forget how much God loves us and how much he has shown that love to us, when our hearts grow hard, when we, we stop uh, looking around and, and saying, wow, what a glorious life I've got. Not because I'm living with the bank account I want to have. Not because I don't have any problems in my life. Not because the devil hadn't made a wreck of my life. But simply because God saved me. He brought me out of darkness. He saved me from my sin. Now I'm on my way to a heaven instead of a burning hell. Hallelujah. When we stop thinking about that and being grateful for that, that we have the best thing going for us in this entire universe. That's when our heart grows hard. And the enemy, he sprays a, a drab coat of black paint all over every blessing God has given us. And we forget the blessings and we begin to take it all for granted. And we let the bad stuff in life that's only temporary. It's going to be over one of these days. We let that become more important to us than we do eternity. And the fact that God's going to take us to where he is in his presence forever and ever and ever. When we begin to forget that, it's when our heart starts to get hard. Our heart grows hard when we compare ourselves with others. That's why Paul said, don't do it. But that's exactly what the children of Israel did. They began to think about where they had just come from, Egypt. And they said, they've got it better than we do. When you buy into that, God's blessed somebody else better than he has you, or God showed favor over somebody else instead of you. There's reasons for that. But we all stand equal before Lord. And if we obey his word, then we reap the blessings that he promises us there. And then, of course, our heart grows hard when we continue to disobey God. Jesus told a parable one day of two boys that were asked by their father to go work in the field. The first one said, no, don't think so. And then later he changed his mind. He delayed going, but he, he eventually went. The second son, sure, Dad, I'll go. But then he walked out of the house and didn't do it. He disobeyed God. Now, now the first son, he eventually did right. But he was reluctant. And in the beginning, he, he was initially disobedient. Folks, it is far better to do the will of God cheerfully from the heart because, simply because we love him and we, we appreciate the fact that he took our place on an old rugged cross and we've given him our life because he gave his life for us first. And we love him because he first loved us 
And that is the only reason that will stick in your heart and keep it from becoming hard. It's as simple as this, folks. We can, we can have a heart that grows hard simply when we get wrapped up in ourselves. And it's all about us. You and I are not as important as we think we are. You remember the man named Nabal in the Old Testament? His, his very name meant fool. He wouldn't help David and his mighty men one day he turned a deaf ear to their cries for assistance. And the Bible says his heart died within him and became as a stone. The Bible calls, not don't shoot the messenger once again, not me, but the Bible says it is fools who get wrapped up in their own pleasures, their own desires, even their own needs, and their own spent dreams and broken lives. The Bible says you're a fool if you do that. Put your eyes on Jesus today. It's all about him. But if you'll do that, he'll let you know how much you're loved, and he'll make your life a wonderful, wonderful thing filled with his blessings. Let me give you some advice today as I close, my friend. Listening, here's what you need to do. Listening to God's voice will soften your heart. The Bible says today, if you will hear his voice, the cure for a hard heart is hearing and then obeying God. You can hear him saying, my child, I forgive you if that's what needs to happen. You can hear him saying, I loved you so much. I died for you on a cross at Calvary's Hill and shed my precious blood so that you could be saved and not go to hell for eternity, but go to heaven to live with me forever and ever and ever. A, a, a calcified, hardened heart can only be melted by your crucified life. Total, complete surrender to God. Let, let, let me close this afternoon and, and let those that want to pray come pray by telling you really what the mystery of a hard heart is. What it really is, it's simply this. This is the mystery. This is what is so mysterious, and I can't figure it out. Why would anyone be content with a heart of stone when you can exchange it for a heart of flesh? For God said in Ezekiel, a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. That's the key to walking in God's laws and obeying him, being filled with his spirit. I will put my spirit with you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And then you're going to keep my judgments and you're going to do them and you're going to live your life pleasing unto me as every head is bowed and every eye closed 
You see, ladies and gentlemen, the mystery, we know what a hard heart is, but the mystery about it, the mystery that envelops, it, surrounds it, is, is this. Why be bitter when you can be better? Why hate when you can please Jesus and love instead? Why hold on to grudges when you can hold on to others? Why miss heaven when you don't have to? Steel Smith could make it into heaven with a hard heart. He was only six years old, and it was physically hard. But, folks, you and I, we, we can't do that. Why would we want to? I fear there may be somebody here today that needs to solve the mystery of the hard heart for yourself. Get your new life for the old one. Get a warm heart for a cold one. And if that's not you, perhaps I'm sure most of us, you know somebody who may be like that. Their eternity is weighed in the balance. Why don't you be an instrument of God and come to this altar and just spend a, a few minutes out of the rest of your day and pray for that person. It might mean the difference in where they spend eternity. They're going to begin to sing this offering. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you and have a blessed day.